Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to episode 125 of Podcast Royal. How am I finding you today, my friend? I am doing well. And how are you? I'm good. I was just telling you that I just got finished recording a podcast. I like to be the interviewer, not the interviewee. So my J school, my journalism school, my undergrad um, just interviewed me for um, their podcast and it was very surreal. So that, so I, I'm, I'm back to being like the one, well, I guess I'm not really asking you questions. Maybe I'll ask you questions, but I'm doing good. It is, uh, it is all as well over here. So we have two people that are no longer hospitalized. So that is always a good thing. And we've got some stuff to get into. So shall we? Definitely. Let's go. Well, so you and I got the chance after we recorded our last episode to have dinner together. That was lovely as ever. And we actually realized at dinner the other night that it's probably going to be pretty slow around here, royals-wise, news-wise for a while. Uh, What with the king and the prince and princess of Wales basically out of commission for a while. And so this is unrelated to that, actually. But I have to travel to New York City for work, or rather, I should say I get to travel there because I'm super excited. The week of our February 7th episode, so that's next week. Jessica, I know you have a humongous work event of your own the next week, which is our February 14th episode. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody in advance. So we're actually listeners going to be off the next two weeks. We will have an episode run next week about it's me and Kate Casey of the Reality Life with Kate Casey podcast. We're going to be talking about royal documentaries, but we will be fully off the week of February 14th. So we just wanted to let you listeners know that. And I think we'll be okay because it will be slow or again, maybe those are famous last words. I don't know. But anyway, you can enjoy listeners. The Kate Casey interview next week, February 7th, will be off February 14th. We'll be back on February 21st with our normal programming. So just some housekeeping news before we get into it today. Well, are you ready, Rachel? Let's do it. We've got a bit of British back, so I'm super pumped. (laughs) We do. So today's bit of British is for our American or maybe non-UK listeners who may want a little lesson in British currency. I know we've probably all heard a lot of the terms used to describe money in the UK. Even if you've never traveled there, I feel like a lot of these terms are used in films and television shows that we've probably watched. And I got the idea for this bit of British because my grandmother sent me this explanation online of British money and their values. And a lot of them were uh, coins that were not in rotation anymore. So I thought it would be fun for us to go through. And if you are planning a trip to the UK anytime soon, maybe this will help give you a little bit of context around British currency. All right, first up, we have the pound, which we probably all know very well. And and I am starting out with currency that is still in rotation. So officially, the pound is called the pound sterling. 
but we often just refer to it as a pound. And I think of this as being the UK version of the American dollar. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the exchange rate impacts the value of the dollar and the pound, but in general, that helps me have a basic understanding of its value. So fun fact, the first pound coin appeared in the 1400s when King Henry VII was monarch. And as I said, it's still in rotation today. Before you get to the pound is the penny, which very much like the American penny, 100 British pennies make up one British pound. So you've probably heard the term pence. Have you heard that, Rachel? Like sixpence? Mm-hmm. Okay, then yes. Yeah, okay. So this is one of the plurals of a penny. So as an explanation, think about this. There are a couple different plurals. If you have a handful of these physical coins, you would call them a handful of pennies. Mm -hmm. But if you're referring to the plural as in the amount of money making up a pound, you would use the term pence. Sometimes that's shortened to P. So in the U.S., we might say 50 cents. In the mm-hmm. UK, you would say 50 pence or 50p. Oh, okay. I that never knew that. Okay. Learn something and, every day. Yeah. And those coins still in rotation today is the one pence, the two pence, which you may have heard called tuppence, the five pence or 5p, 20p, 50p, and one pound. So, all right. That is where we are with our coin money. Now, let's chat a little bit about paper money. So paper money in the UK is referred to as a bank note. In the US, we might say a dollar bill. And notes in rotation today are the five pound, 10 pound, 20 pound, and 50 pound notes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so going back to British money that is no longer in rotation, a lot of these are probably some that we have heard of, but maybe we're not super familiar with them because they're not used today. So one of them is the shilling. Rachel, I know you've heard the term shilling before. I have, I have, I have, but I honestly can't tell you how much it's worth. The shilling was in use until I think 1990 and it was worth 12 pennies. Okay. Okay. So another one no longer in rotation is the farthing, which get this was worth one fourth of a penny. Oh, okay. (laughs) I kind of understand why that one. I understand why that's not in rotation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that seems a little bit like that's not a lot of money. So then there is the three pence or threepence, which was obviously worth three pennies. Mm -hmm. And finally, the sixpence that you mentioned, which was worth six pennies. And the sixpence was also commonly called a tanner. Hmm. So those of this whole time is sixpence, none the richer and kiss me song from she's all that. I thought about that too. That's all I have to bring to the table. But anyway. (laughs) Okay. So those are some, some of our currency that's not in rotation anymore. And then lastly, some slang words commonly used for money today, in case you do happen to hear them are the quid, which is a one pound banknote. Hmm. The fiver, which is a five pound note, and the tenor, which is a 10 pound note. So I've always wondered what a quid was, and now I know. There you go. And I apologize if I um, butchered any of that. I think I've got all that correct. But if any of our British listeners um, want to, you know, 
chat us and let me know if I missed anything or want to clarify anything, let me know. But um, I thought that was really fun because I've heard of all of these terms. But if you're not using the money every day, if you're over here in the U.S., sometimes you forget. Okay. That is so interesting. You know, the thing about Bit of British is that you bring things that I don't know that I need to know, but I do need to know. And now (laughs) I know. So there you go. Okay, not a gigantic royal rundown today, but obviously the biggest news of the week is good news. So the king had surgery on his enlarged prostate again. If I never have to say the word, maybe I will never have to say the words enlarged prostate again. That would be, it would be so great or type them. But the king went in for surgery on Friday. He came through it well. He actually had his surgery at the London Clinic where Kate was staying. They are both discharged now, which is good news. He, and I think Camilla as well, was able to visit Kate before his own procedure on Friday. So the King and the Princess of Wales, as of yesterday, Monday, are at home now resting. The King is at Clarence House and Kate is at Adelaide Cottage. And Normalcy is at least resuming a little bit today, which is Tuesday. Camilla hosted a solo engagement at, uh, it was a reception at Windsor Castle. So that leads me to believe that the King is doing fine. Otherwise she wouldn't leave his bedside. She visited him, I think three times in 24 hours over the weekend. So she's obvious, she obviously would not leave his side unless everything was okay. We saw that we did not see Kate. We did see the King yesterday he waved he looked he was walking he looked well so continued well wishes to all I mean if you know that's about as good of a news as we can bring also we heard a very brief update from the Duchess of York and she was in good spirits and said that she was doing fine so um I mean again that's about as good as it can get Yes. And I shared the statement Kensington Palace released on Monday on our Instagram account where they confirmed that Catherine is back in Windsor and she's making good progress. That was their words. And I was just thinking about how glad I was she was able to depart from the hospital in private without any media cameras or paparazzi seeing her. You know, I feel like Of course, people are eager for an update on her. And I think the public genuinely cares about her health. But we do need to maintain a line of respect there. You know, I was just thinking about how no one wants cameras in their face after being released from an extended hospital stay. Mm -hmm. And I was also really happy the king was able to time his departure for that same day. And he chose to leave through a public exit where people could witness him and wish him well. And of course, that was strategic. And at the same time, I think, you know, he wanted to take the pressure off of Catherine, but it's also just really important as King for him to be seen looking healthy and doing well following a hospital stay. I think that goes a long way with the public. I I completely agree to see him up and walking is, was great. And I think, you know, there was like very small concern. I don't think it was that serious, but um, he was only supposed to stay two nights in the hospital. He stayed three. So he was just, he went in Friday, discharge Monday. The King will be out of commission, at least publicly. We won't see him publicly for probably about a month. And then as we said, last episode, we won't see the princess of Wales until at least April. So again, from both of us, continued well wishes to all. Definitely. 
Now, prior to the king's procedure, he was still working up until that point, and he and the queen recognized Holocaust Memorial Day by lighting candles at Sandringham House. And it was also announced during this time that Queen Camilla will serve as patron to the Anne Frank Trust UK which uses Anne Frank's story to teach and equip young people between the ages of 9 and 15 with the tools that they need to combat prejudice and anti-Semitism. That's great. So That's cool. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff there going on that she's a part of and we mentioned last week that uh you know, with two of our senior royals now out on medical leave and their spouses caring for them, a bulk of the day-to-day work might fall on some of the others, like the Princess Royal and the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh. Well, I did want to mention this as well, Rachel. Sophie has been, she's already taking on that responsibility. So she had an engagement last week on a topic that we haven't traditionally heard the Royals speak very much about, but I think it's a topic that we can all agree is very much a part of our lives as women and girls. So Sophie joined 18 young people at Harris Girls Academy for a workshop on period health. Oh, kind of interesting. Yeah. Nobody asked for that. That's a part of both of our lives and including me at the moment. So interesting. Tell me more. Sorry, guys. You probably (laughs) did not care to know that, but there you go. But okay. But I think that's the whole point of what Sophie's doing is like, you know, nobody talks about this. And like, I'm not talking about this like all day long, but you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It happens. No, you're totally right. And I was actually, before you said that, I was going to make a joke and say by period health, I'm not referring to the dot at the end of a sentence. Um, (laughs) No, (laughs) quite, quite, quite different. So she and those at the event discussed challenges like the worries that come with that time of the month, things like heavy periods and not really knowing exactly what to expect, you know, when, when that time comes. And I thought this was interesting. Uh, she, I think there was a point mentioned in one of the articles I read that period poverty in the UK rose by 9% from 2022 to 2023. So period poverty is a lack of access to period products or education. Um, so I don't know. Didn't that seem interesting that it would have risen in in today's times? Yeah, it, that, that doesn't make any sense. And that's why I'm glad she's highlighting this. Absolutely. So and they also just to make it even more interesting, they had three boys from the Harris Boys Academy join them for the workshop. And Sophie mentioned that other countries she's visited really seem to be more progressive on this subject than the UK. So she was actually really glad that boys were there to join Mm -hmm. the conversation and in keeping with not feeling embarrassed about menstruation, which Rachel, this is kind of in line with, with your comment, you know, she encouraged the girls there to put their products on display and get them out of the closet. So I think, I think we are, you know, as women, it's, you want to hide that stuff in a cabinet or, or something and, and out of eyesight. And she was I guess really encouraging them to not feel embarrassed about that. But I have to ask you, Rachel, what do you think about her taking on an engagement focus on this? And how do you think the U.S. compares to other countries when it comes to being progressive on this? 
Well, I don't know. I guess I've never really thought about how they, yeah. like, I mean, I would think that the U.S., well, you know what? I say that I was going to say, I would think the U.S. is progressive, but I know how I feel every time I have to buy feminine products at the store and I like want to die every time. And they're why, you know, that's a natural part of the female experience. And, um, I think it's, I think Sophie is again, like we've said it once we've said it a million times, so underrated. She talks about the really hard stuff, like, like Mm. not just this, but so many other things. And I think it's awesome that she's highlighting this because it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a natural part of the female body. And I clinch up talking about it and, you know, and we shouldn't, there's nothing to be ashamed of there. So I mean, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm not pleased that, you know, Kate, the King, so on are out of commission, but it allows people like Sophie and I know Edward went on an overseas trip this past week. So it allows them to get some recognition that they never get because they're always overshadowed. Yeah, I agree. And Sophie is, to your point, she is focusing a lot of her career on issues that impact women and girls. So this is really in line with with her passion. And I think to your point as well, when we're talking about the U.S. and how progressive it is, I would imagine the U.S. is probably pretty similar to the U.K. when it comes to this topic. Yeah, I would bet you're right. So, yeah, just something I wanted to mention there because, you know, while our senior royals are uh, away, some of them, she is, she's continuing to work. So I love that. And I, I kind of teased this at the end of last week's episode. It, it actually just happened to flash across my phone as you and I were wrapping recording, but Harry and Meghan turned up in Kingston, Jamaica for the premiere of Bob Marley, One Love, which is the biopic. Do you say biopic or biopic? I say biopic. It's when like, I read it, I want to say biopic, but I'm pretty sure the proper way is biopic. Yeah, it's like a tomato, tomato, tiara, tiara situation. But anyway, the movie about Bob Marley, the famous, of course, reggae singer. So I actually can't wait to see this movie. It comes out on Valentine's Day. So Megan looked stunning and bespoke Carolina Herrera. Many also noticed that she has her engagement ring back on. It was off for actually most of 2023. It mm-hmm. was absent most of the year. It was, as I've heard, being fixed. And I honestly didn't get a good enough look at it to see if it looked much different, but she, as you know, last year she did continue to wear the gold wedding band, but I think we even talked about that at one point on the show. Anyway, what everyone is talking about, and I seriously doubt that there's any there, there, um, people love to, you know, overanalyze the Royal family period, but especially the Sussexes, but Harry and Meghan were photographed with Jamaican Prime Minister Andrew Holness. So why why is that controversial, you may ask? The Prime Minister, you'll remember, during William and Kate's 2022 Caribbean tour, called for Jamaica to pursue independence from the UK, much like Barbados did in 2021. As for Jamaica, of course, this heretofore has not happened, but... In 2022, at least, it was the goal to do so before the next general election, which is in 2025. So we'll see what happens. I haven't heard anything about it since the Caribbean tour, but many people were upset, first of all, because this is happening while hospitalizations are occurring. Um, at least Kate was in the hospital. The King wasn't in the hospital yet, but many saw the Sussex's interaction with him as quote unquote, not my words, bad optics because of the health issues. I think they just posed with him because they were in Jamaica. He's the prime minister of Jamaica. He was at the premiere. 
I seriously doubt, I, I don't know, but I seriously doubt it's any deeper than that. But the world, of course, always wants to make it so. I have to say, it is a little fun to see where Harry and Meghan turn up because like you just never really know right like they're in Costa Rica they're in Jamaica they're here they're there it's it's a remember the show where in the world is Carmen San Diego when we were kids it's (laughs) a little it's a little bit of that it's like oh okay they're they're in Jamaica all right I I think it's kind of fun so you know live your life I don't think there's any there there there's not some coded message I really doubt that so sometimes um, I feel like in those situations, you're in the moment and someone puts a camera in your face yeah. and you take a photo. And then after the fact, you think, oh, I don't know how that's going to look. But- right. I mean, what are you supposed to do with the Jamaican prime minister? Be like, no, we can't. Sorry. Like, you got to get You got to go away. I mean, no, you're not going to do that. So I just don't. I mean, it was it's an event celebrating, of course, the life of Bob Marley, but also his beloved Jamaica. So just again, people just please stop overanalyzing everything. But um, shockingly, we are fixing to wrap up the Royal rundown. That was, so. I think it's going to be this way for a while. Like it's just going to be a little bit quieter, but, um, wrapping up the Royal rundown, if you want to own listeners or Jessica, one of about 450 pieces from the set of the crown, we're talking costumes, props, set pieces. You are in luck because Bonhams UK has items ranging from the, get this Jessica, the replica of the gold state coach. You can buy that if you have a spare uh-huh. 30,000 to 50,000 pounds laying around. Um, Also replicas of Diana's revenge dress, Princess Margaret's wedding dress, the lingerie dress or whatever you want to call it that Kate wore at the fashion show at the University of St. Andrews, Diana's engagement ring. All of this is up for auction. So starting February 7th, you can bid on literally, I mean, there's like 450 options, all kinds of items. I think this is cool. The proceeds go towards establishing a new scholarship for students at the National Film and Television School in the UK. As I said, the gold state coach is expected to bring in between 30,000 and 50,000 pounds. It is the probably not shockingly the only replica of the actual gold state coach in existence. So, so is, is, it your is it for what? Is it to scale? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like the one that was used in the filming of the show. So yeah, I mean, you think about it, honestly, if you're someone who has that money, that's not really a bad deal. Well, I'm serious. Like pounds for that. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, obviously that's one of the larger items, but like, there's some stuff like some artwork from the set, like a paint, like a painting of, um, the actor who played King George, so just, you know, like cool stuff that like, if you can afford it get on there and get it. Cause like, it's a one, it's a one shot deal. Like when it's gone, it's gone. And, and you're supporting a good cause. So if you're into it, Bonhams UK, Google, Definitely. just Google, Google the crown auction and you'll find it. So, I mean, actually I was super intrigued. Cause remember, um, I don't even remember who the actress was that played Jackie Kennedy when Jack, when the Kennedys visited, um, the queen in the, I guess, early sixties that her, her, her pink Chanel suit that she, like, it's just, it's like stuff like that, like that you wouldn't necessarily think of. It's really, it's really pretty cool. So again, just Google the crown auction Bonhams UK and, and you'll find it, but okay. So moving into Royals around the world. So first up queen Mary of Denmark, she undertook this past week, her first solo engagement as queen. That happened on Monday. She traveled abroad to Germany for the 2024 European Men's Handball Championship game between Denmark and France. Ultimately, France was victorious, but 
again, it begins a year plus of first for the new queen and king too. But, you know, we just kind of went through all of this with King Charles and Queen Camilla. Now we're doing it with King Frederick and Queen Mary. So this is a total aside, but I thought, look at this photo I dropped in here of Queen Mary. I thought she looked beautiful. She's wearing some glasses, a maroon blazer. Um, yeah, she's a beautiful woman. She really is, is stunning. What do you think? Well, I, yeah, I love this look. It's very uh, business professional, but a uh, great, great blazer. You know, we don't ever really see British royals in glasses, do we? Sometimes William wears glasses, but like, like we see maybe Camilla sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I never see, I mean, maybe Kate, you know, on brand is perfect with her eyesight too. Maybe she has 20-20 vision. I don't know, but I think Mary looks really chic in those glasses. And uh, speaking of Denmark, I want to drop this in here briefly. King Frederick announced his first trip abroad since becoming king. It's actually happening on like tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, Crown Prince Christian, his son, will act as his father's regent as Frederick heads to Poland tomorrow, Wednesday. What I don't even know what day today is. Today is the, he's going on the 31st. So the day this episode comes out and uh, actually Frederick and Mary, their first joint visit as king and queen abroad has been announced. They will be going to Sweden and Norway, but we don't have dates yet. So those dates are supposed to be disclosed soon. And let's talk Monaco for just a second. So happy birthday this past Thursday, January 25th to princess Charlene. She turned 46. Charlene is always in fashion. One of our most fashion forward royals around the world. The Royal family of Monaco is pretty committed to fashion across the board. So I thought it was only fair that since we mentioned princess Eugenie attending Paris fashion week, specifically the Dior menswear show, princess Alexandra of Monaco also attended Paris fashion week. She went to the Chanel haute couture spring, summer, 2024 show. I dropped a picture in here for you, Jessica. She wore a little black dress that is vintage actually. Um, Alexandra's mother, Princess Caroline, wore the black dress with a white collar, white trim, and military military style buttons, uh, which is from actually from the Chanel Fall Winter 1990 Couture Show. Caroline wore it in both 1990 and then again in 1993, which is long before Alexandra was even born in 1999. So she brought it back out again, and I think she like she looks very elegant. She looks very French, honestly. She looks extremely elegant. What do you think? Yeah, I love it. I mean, you know, the 90s are making a comeback right now. Everybody's channeling 90s fashion, both in interior design and um, and the clothing that they wear. So very, very appropriate. Yeah, we never talk about um, really the kids of Caroline. Those are the Kazrahis, but Alexandra is their half-sister. And um, yeah, she looks beautiful. So we never really talk about her, but she's a royal to watch, it looks like. Well, let's jump over to Norway for a second. Crown Princess Met Merit of Norway has been on a trip to Cairo, Egypt. So while she was there, she visited the Norwegian pavilion at an international book fair, and she was actually invited as the guest of honor. So she is a lover of books and outspoken about the importance of literacy, And she actually gave a speech while she was there, and she said, you know, reading about other people's lives can increase empathy and understanding. And she also said, and I'm going to quote her, 
the right to freely express opinions and ideas through literature, poetry, and art lies at the heart of the right to freedom of expression. Mm. So following that um, speech at the book fair, the next day she visited a bookstore that actually um, is located in Egypt and sells international literature, including Norwegian literature. And I thought this was a cool story because I know you are a lover of reading, Rachel. And so it made me think of you. And I have to ask you, what do you think Crown Princess Met Merit's summer beach read would be? If she had a guilty pleasure genre of books, what do you think she'd pick? Mm, I have to say I'm not incredibly familiar with um, Norwegian, you know, fiction writers. <laughs> but I can't, I can't pull that one out of my cap. But um, man, like there's nothing really like a good summer beach read I hate the term chiclet because like we don't have the male equivalent which I won't say on this show because it's like you know the d d lit um I'm not going to say that but like um I hate that term because it's reductive but um there's nothing like good for me Emily Giffen book or Mm -hmm. you know some like insert Sophie Kinsella insert your favorite fiction author here I love Rebecca Wells I could go on forever but um I I hope that she gets time to you know she's I mean all these royals are so busy I hope she gets time to get away to somewhere warm and read but yeah, yeah I I do love to read that's my favorite thing I am more of a rom-com kind of chick lit sort of book reader as well. I I know a lot of people are really into historical fiction. I wonder if mm-hmm. Matt Merritt would be into that. Oh, what if Matt Merritt is reading Fergie's books, Fergie's historical <laughs> fiction books? That, I mean, like support your fellow royal, you know what I mean? So maybe. Definitely. You never know. Well, while we are speaking about Norway, with all the talk lately around abdications after Queen Margaret of Denmark stepped down from the throne earlier this month, King Harold of Norway has spoken publicly about his plans for the future. So he is currently 86 years old, and he has been monarch since 1991, which is really not that long in comparison to like Queen Elizabeth II and Queen Margrethe. But the press recently asked him if he planned to retire in the future. And he just went on ahead and shut down any speculation that he might step down. So to quote him, he said, I stand by what I have said all along. I have taken an oath to the sorting and it lasts for life. So he was referring to the oath that he took to the Norwegian parliament. And during the same interview, while we're, while we're chatting about this, the press actually asked him what sort of advice he had for his granddaughter, princess Ingrid Alexandra, who you guys will remember, she's currently completing her military training. And he responded, his advice was, you know, during training, you get a lot of orders that you don't understand the meaning of. And he told her, don't ask why, just do it. So I thought that was fun. You know, it's it's interesting to hear that he has no plans to abdicate. Um, but also, you know, he's kind of fun to hear him chat about his granddaughter a little bit, too. Yeah, but, you know, again, I love talking about Ingrid, like all of the futurist female royals around the world. So, um and yeah, I mean, I, yeah, he sounds like Queen Elizabeth. He's not going anywhere. No. All right. So let's chat about Belgium really quick. So the king and queen of Belgium held 
back-to-back New Year's receptions last week at the Royal Palace of Laken for heads of the European institutions and representatives of NATO. And we got some photos from both of these events. And okay, I have complimented Queen Matilda's style in the past, but I want to mention it again because I really do love her fashion. I think she chooses classic, timeless pieces that feel so elegant. And for both of these events, she was in Natan, which is a Belgian designer brand. And let me tell you, this girl loves some Natan. I feel like she is almost all always wearing that. If you are betting on which designer she is wearing, you would be smart to put your money on this brand. So it's like her Amelia Wickstead or Jenny Packham or Alexander McQueen. It is. And I was about to say she, um, she this is like her version of Catherine's Alexander McQueen. And, you know, we see her in it a lot. So for the first reception, she had this royal blue, almost off the shoulder kneeling dress. And then the second occasion, she was in a deep green, like a two-piece skirt and jacket with a large collar kind of folded down. And I mean, her, the Princess of Wales, Queen Mary, and Queen Maxima just really know fashion, in my opinion. And they are some of my favorites to watch for fashion and spo. But um, if you get a chance to check these photos out online, listeners, go do that because I thought um, they were great choices. She is gorgeous. Those colors are beautiful. And yeah, she flies under the radar, but Matilde is, um, she's stunning. She's she's definitely in like my top 10 Royals around the world fashion icons for sure. She's gorgeous. That's a gorgeous blue color. My goodness. Okay. I'm just staring at her clothes. (laughs) Well, while we're on the topic of entertaining guests, Sweden actually welcomed President Macron of France and his wife today on Tuesday as we're recording for an official two-day visit. So they kicked off this trip with a visit to King Carl Gustav and the president Actually, he he made a comment and he said the primary purpose of the visit is to renew the country's friendship and alliance. So in case you missed it, Sweden is getting ready to join NATO. Mm. And the last time a French president visited Sweden was in the year 2000. And you know, Rachel, I feel like we've talked a lot this year about our royals visiting with France. And I can't help but wonder, maybe I'm just going on a limb here, but I can't help but wonder if this is like PR for the Olympics coming to France this summer. Mm -hmm. Like maybe, maybe they're doing a little mini tour, getting people excited about France, but um, they are in Sweden right now as we record. And we got a photo of several of the Royal family members with the president and his wife. And in one of the photos, crown princess Victoria was in this bright red coat dress, speaking of fashion. And I wonder if she was inspired by the Princess of Wales with this choice. I do want to mention she paired her red coat dress with a pair of black pumps, which I don't know if that was intentional because every woman in the photo was in black pumps, but I personally am on a monochromatic kick lately. So I would have loved to have seen her in red pumps to go with that coat dress. Uh But I think my favorite of the day was Princess Sophia. So she was in a black knee-length dress by Philosophy. It had this white lace ruffle down the front and lace ruffles around the wrist. And she had it paired with the cutest pair of black patent leather pumps by Versace. They had these little black bows on the toe. And it was just such a feminine look. 
And I, I loved it. It was fun to see that photo. I love Sophia too. She's so beautiful. So later in the evening, we started getting some photos online of the state banquet in Sweden. We're actually still, they're still coming in as we're recording, but um, we had a Tiara moment that I have to shout out. So Crown Princess Victoria wore the Napoleonic cut steel tiara. And Rachel, I have not had a chance to drop a picture in here yet, but this is quite a unique headpiece. It, to me in the photo at first resembled feathers, but I think it's actually in the shape of leaves in the front, um, right above, like on the top of her head. And it looks really sparkly. And I was thinking this is giving like art deco, great Gatsby vibes to me. But when I looked it up, it's actually from much earlier than that period. I believe it was first given to one of the queens in the 1800s. Um, was it Queen of Holland? I think I was looking at the court jeweler and according to their website, what makes this piece really unique is that while it sparkles, like it's got stones in it, there are no diamonds or gemstones or pearls anywhere in this tiara. It is actually made from steel that has been cut so intricately, it sparkles when it catches the light. And I thought, what a cool piece to have in your royal jewelry box. That's awesome. I love like looking at pieces like that. Yeah, we'll have to share a photo of that one on the Instagram because it was quite unique. Love it. So that wraps up our Royals Around the World. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have another Jessica segment back that I'm so pumped for. <laughs> we haven't had this, we, the world needs more of this segment. So take yeah, it. We haven't done this one in a while. It is always fun though. So this week we have a, what the Royal moment. Oh yeah. As a quick reminder for our listeners, what the Royal is a segment when we come across something that really strikes us as maybe funny or kind of strange and unexpected. It's usually something that happens and leaves us scratching our heads saying, what the royal? Oh so, my God, the pick this week is funny. <laughs> in this fantastic. episode, it is a dear Prince Edward who is on the hook. <laughs> Oh my God, this is funny. <laughs> Several days ago, the Royal Family Instagram account shared a photo of Prince Edward kneeling down to meet a giant 192-year-old tortoise named Jonathan. And I saw the picture and immediately thought, what the royal is going on here? <laughs> oh my God. It's, it has like quite a backstory too. So I know you're going to tell us. 
Yeah, I, you know, I mean, of course I couldn't help but laugh, but it is a cool story. So last week, Prince Edward visited the British territory of St. Helena while he was on an official trip to South Africa. And he stopped over at the governor's residence. And this is where he was introduced to Jonathan, the high <laughs> class saying Jonathan. It's not Jonathan, it's Jonathan. Well, he is a high class tortoise, Rachel. He's so, 192 years old. He deserves our respect. Jonathan has been hobnobbing with the royals for more than 100 years. He was actually photographed meeting the royal family in 1947. And through the years, he has met King George VI, the Queen Mother, Queen Elizabeth II, Prince Philip, Princess Margaret, and now Prince Edward. And here's a fun fact. Jonathan has lived through 40 U.S. presidents, and he has exceeded his life expectancy by <laughs> 40 years. So Rachel, I know <laughs> the new year is here. A lot of us are focusing on our health and I feel like Jonathan must be super thankful that cardio is not a factor in the longevity of the Seychelles giant tortoise, because I don't think he's doing any cardio to get to 192. I don't want to be 192 just for the record, but Jonathan, <laughs> go for it. Mike, you know, we only have lists of 46 US presidents. He's lived through 40 of them. God, he, that's crazy. Crazy. Anyway, <laughs> and, and Edward now can join the roster of esteemed people to have met Jonathan. I love what the royal, thank God for it. Like we need more of, especially with all the health stuff, we need more of that in our lives. For so sure. thank you for that. Okay. As our last segment, Royal Potpourri, I have this week for you listeners. And then I have um, three more weeks and they're all, it's all about the same topic. I'll explain that next, next time. But Today's royal potpourri is about the princess royal title, which is the title that Princess Anne currently carries. So I believe, and I'm not the only one, that this will be Princess Charlotte's someday. Although I could also see Charlotte being Duchess of Edinburgh, so we'll we'll see what happens. But the prestigious princess royal title is generally held by the eldest daughter of a monarch. So Anne is Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip's only daughter, so that checks out here. There have actually only been seven princesses royal to date. The first being Princess Mary, who was the eldest daughter of King Charles I and Queen Henrietta Maria. But here's the catch. There can only be one living princess royal, and the title is bestowed until death. So Anne is obviously very much still alive, and may she be for many, many years to come. She's very healthy, so she will be around for a while, thankfully. Anne herself wasn't given the title until 1987 when she was 36 years old and Charlotte won't be able to take on the title until two, well, actually really three occurrences happen. First of all, Anne has to die and then William has to take the throne, which also of course means that King Charles has to die. I feel like that's like super has to die. I don't mean it to be that ominous, but um, example, um, when then Princess Elizabeth's father, King George VI, was on the throne. She would have obviously been a fit for a princess royal title. She's the eldest daughter of the monarch, but she couldn't take it. And she never was the princess royal as King George V's daughter, Princess Mary, was still alive. Mary did not die until 1965. And by then, of course, Queen Elizabeth had been on the throne for 13 years. So um, Charles has no daughters. So there is no princess royal 
for the taking, even, even if Anne passes away before his reign ends. So the next possible princess royal would be Charlotte. So the title is purely honorary. It is nevertheless the highest honor that may be given to a female member of the British royal family. So it came into existence when Queen Henrietta Maria, who was the daughter of Henry IV, who was the King of France, wanted to imitate the way the eldest daughter of the King of France was styled Madame Royale. Henrietta Maria was married, as I just said a minute ago, to King Charles I. So Princess Mary, who is their daughter, became the first princess royal back in 1642. So this is not an automatically given title. It's a little bit like the Duke of Edinburgh title. There have been eldest daughters of monarchs who have not received it. I just mentioned one, Queen Elizabeth. And a princess royal has never ascended to the throne. So as I said, the title is for life. Even if, like in Anne's case, the title holder outlives their parent, the monarch. So upon the death of a princess royal, the style is not inherited by any of her daughters. So example, in this case, Zara Tyndall will not receive the title upon Anne's death. If Anne um, is, if, if Anne lives longer than Charles and William is on the throne when Anne dies, then I assume it will then go to Charlotte. Does that, am I making any sense? Yeah, let me make sure I understand because you reference Princess Elizabeth. So mm -hmm. if if Charlotte were the oldest child of Prince William and she was going to inherit the throne, would she still be able to be eligible for that title knowing she would be monarch? Yes, because she okay. is the eldest daughter of the monarch. Okay, and I wasn't sure if it was the eldest daughter who who wouldn't be in the monarch well, but you you're saying that, you say that I'm 98% sure that I'm right. But so she would be if she were the eldest, she could be princess royal mm -hmm. up until becoming queen. Correct. Correct. Okay. So I guess that's a little bit misleading that says that a princess royal has never. Well, I guess. No, no, it's not because um because Queen Queen Elizabeth, Princess Elizabeth, was never princess royal. So that wouldn't be true because then a princess royal would have ascended the throne but not because she was princess royal. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, again, 98% sure that I'm right, but always open for corrections. And trust me, I'm sure that I will get them if I'm wrong in our email inbox, which is fine. We are always mm -hmm. open to learn, but I, again, I'm pretty sure that that's right. So interestingly, as I just said a minute ago, there've only been seven princess royals, but, uh, and this is kind of weird. So there's only seven of them, 1642, okay? There was already a Princess Anne who was Princess Royal before the current Princess Anne. So there's been two Annes, right? There's actually already been a Princess Charlotte that was Princess Royal. So I think that's like, just shows, like we like to reuse names in this family. The longest serving Princess Royal was actually Princess Victoria, not Queen Victoria, different person who held the title for 60 years, six zero years. So there is a little snapshot into the princess royal title. I hope you learned something. Yeah, that was very interesting. And I have to ask you, do you think, so there's been a lot of, as you said, discussion around whether or not princess Charlotte would be Duchess of Edinburgh one day or the princess royal. Do you think when she gets older, she'll be asked what she would prefer? I don't know. I think it'll kind of depend on timing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that it will depend on how long Anne lives. And, you know, if William should be on the throne and Anne is still alive, which, you know, could happen because Charles is older than Anne. I mean, only by two years, but still, I think that 
she will then be probably become the Duchess of Edinburgh. And then, I mean, who knows? But I mean, I think, you know, I could see Charlotte having either title. She's going to have a prestigious title, obviously. Um, I obviously, George will be the Prince of Wales someday. I think Charlotte will have either the Duchess of Edinburgh title or the Princess Royal title. And then, you know, I would say that Louis would have the Duke of York title, but that's just been so tainted, honestly. Like, thanks, Andrew, that I don't know. Like, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but I just think, you know, it's interesting that since 1642, there have only been seven princess royals and that they kind of all carry, yeah. like bounce the same names around. So, um, queen or queen princess Anne has had it since 1987. So she's had it for 36 years. So she's had it as long as she had to wait for it, if that makes sense. So just, well, I think that's interesting. I think if given the choice between the Duchess of Edinburgh and the princess royal title, the princess royal title feels very unique and um, really, really an interesting one to have. Yeah, I would, if I were Charlotte, I would pick princess, if she gets the choice, I would pick princess royal. And then I would, um, you know, let maybe, I don't know, like maybe have Louise take on Duchess of Edinburgh when Sophie dies. I don't know. But I, if I had the choice, I would pick princess royal. Cause I just, I think it's cool that it's so prestigious and so few people have ever held it. Cool. Well, Rachel, that wraps up this episode. We, uh, you know, you say things will be light the next several weeks. I'm not so convinced because these episodes aren't getting any shorter. So, well, <laughs> I, I will tell about. you that our next episode isn't for like two week, two or three weeks. So, we'll probably have a lot to say when we are back regularly on the 21st of February. Well, listeners, please make sure that you pencil in on your calendar to join us. Um, we've got, as Rachel said, a pre-recorded interview coming up next week, and then we'll have a week off and we'll be back. So enjoy your Valentine's Day. We love Valentine's Day over here and we love having fun on Instagram. So come hang out with us over there. Don't miss updates on the podcast or any other photos that we share. You can find us at Podcast Royal. As always, if you have questions or you want to share your thoughts with us, you can send us a DM on Instagram or you can email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. And please, please, please go leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Those really go a long way in helping people find the show. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode 125 of Podcast Royal. Bye. Bye.